Baptist Church tonight. I hope you've come with a spirit of expectation and prayer. If you've not got your copy of the Bible, your Word of God, go get it so you can read along with us as we look to what God wants to speak into our hearts tonight. Be praying for tonight. Pray for those who will be tuning in. Again, we thank you for tuning in. We ask that you have prayer concerns. Send those to the church. We can get those out and get those posted for others to pray for. But let's just go to the Lord in a word of prayer at this time. Father, I thank you for this day and your grace, your mercy. I pray, God, you speak to us through your word. Let us come before you, Father, exalting Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And, Father, you be magnified and you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, church.
chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2. I was trying to do the math. The last time we met as a church together in this place was on March the 15th. And so if I do the math right, this is our 70th day where we've been experiencing this pandemic. And it's hard to get your arms around because in these 70 days, I don't think that any of us have expected it to be this long, expected it to last and, and for things not to happen. And see, sometimes we have certain ideas that we think God's going to do, but he doesn't do them. And, and, and if you look at Habakkuk, that's kind of where Habakkuk was. Habakkuk was expecting God to do one thing and God point blank told him, I'm doing something else. And what I'm getting ready to do is going to rock you because it's not going to line up with what you think is right, what you think is correct. You see, Habakkuk lived in a time where God's people had, 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 had ignored the word of God. And it's very similar to how we are today. God's people, the church, have ignored what God's word said. And, and we start making our subtle substitutes. And we start making allowances. And we start making compromises. And, and then we say, God, why are things happening like they're happening? And Habakkuk was looking back in chapter 1. And he said, the Chaldeans are coming. The Chaldeans are going to wipe us out. The Chaldeans are going to take us captive. And, and God, why don't you do something to help us? And God said, I am. I'm going to let the Chaldeans take you captive. I'm going to let the Chaldeans take you into bondage. And all of a sudden, Habakkuk says, but that's not what I thought. That's not what I want. That's not what I expected. I expect you because they are worse than we are. They should be the one that go away. And we should be the one that shines forth. And God says, I'm going to do something because I love you. And I'm going to bring you back to the place you're supposed to be. And I will use whatever means I choose to use for that. You see, Habakkuk had a conversation with God. And he said, God, why is all this bad stuff happening? And God answered him. Many times we have one-sided conversations. We ask God, why, why, why? But we really don't hear the answer. And I'm not saying that he doesn't speak. He does. Many times we're not listening for what he's saying. Many times we don't want to look inside our own lives and say, well, I sinned here, I compromised here, I let this slide, I ignored this, I failed to do that, and we failed to take personal responsibility for what's taking place in our life. Look what it says in the back of chapter 2. I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, and he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not unright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk was experiencing a crisis of faith. I think a lot of times God's people, we go through that type of crisis, a crisis of faith. We've got this preconceived idea of how God is supposed to act, what God is supposed to do. And when he doesn't do what we think he should do, all of a sudden our faith starts to waver. Our faith starts to struggle. And so Habakkuk, he was having a crisis of faith. He was raised under Josiah's reform. He had experienced personal and corporate revival. The book of the law, the word of God had been rediscovered. 
It lays the moral foundation of universe for the people of God. He had experienced true revival. And now the people of God, they were not in revival. They were in decline. They were experiencing delusions. Things weren't working out like they thought they should. The Babylon, that, 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 that world power, it, it was conquering and coming on them and without any restraint. And sometimes today many Christians feel the same way. We wonder why God is silent when we're praying because we're praying for a certain way and we're not attuned to listening to what God is actually saying. We think we've got it all figured out. As long as you be good and nice and sweet, everything's going to be happily ever after. Where do you get that? Because that's not what the Word of God talks about. The Word of God talks about you and me standing as men and women of faith. You and I standing and setting forth the Word of God without compromise. You see, the great tragedy of Habakkuk's day is the great tragedy today. We have ignored, we have neglected the law, the Word of God. And when Christians ignore God's Word, when Christians just take God's Word lightly and say, well, I really don't have to worry about that. Listen. For decades in America, the church has gotten soft and comfortable and flabby, if you know what I mean. What has happened is we have failed to use this resting time to prepare for the days ahead. We fail to use this time to prepare ourselves for the storms that are coming. And it's very hard, it's very challenging during a time of relaxation. So I need to be building for the storm. I remember years ago, I, I saw a news documentary, and there was a there was a, 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 a fire taking place in Southern California, and it ravaged the whole community, a whole area. And there on the side of that mountainside was one white-looking house. Everything else was burned around. There was one house that survived. And they interviewed the owner of the house, and, and, and he simply had said this. He said, I built with fireproof materials. When he didn't have to, he thought about the future. When he didn't have to, he thought about the storm. And he built to face the future. What are you building into your life? Are you building now for the future? Are you just kicking back and taking it easy and saying, oh, life is good? Because judgment comes. And judgment starts at the house of God. Again, I saw in the news several years ago when, when, when a hurricane had hit in, in, in Florida, there was one house survived. And as they interviewed him, he did not build to the code of the community. He built to Florida state code. And therefore, when the hurricane hit, his house stood. What are you building for? Are you building just for ease and, and a climate of, of relaxation? Are you building into your life to face the storms that are coming, the storms that are already here? What's your faith built on? What's your faith built for? Difficult days or days? Everybody can, can be positive when the sun is shining and things are well. But guys, the rain, the lightning, the thunder, it falls on the just and the unjust. We are saved by grace through faith. And yet God says he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. See, humility is an essence of salvation. And you and I have to be humble enough to understand and say, God, I need you every hour. God, I need you to be working in my life. God, just show me your way. Let me walk therein. And so Habakkuk in chapter 1, he's crying out to God. He's crying out to God saying, God, I don't understand. He's crying out to God saying, God, why are things like they are? 
Have you learned to cry out to God? I'm not talking about saying some rote little meaningless prayer or repetition. I'm talking about learning to cry out, learning to bear your soul to the Father. You can study Scripture and God is, is often moved in a way He's not normally moved when we cry out. Not when we wish to say, oh, it's so sweet and it's so nice. But there's something going on inside us that has disturbed us that God has got our attention with. And so Habakkuk, he cries out because of the situation that he was in. And, and he starts to say, God, why? A lot of folks have a hard time asking God why. That they've been told, oh, you never ask God why. But the Bible is filled with people who have asked God why. You see, the issue is how you ask why. Whether you ask Him questioning truly or you ask Him accusatively, which we should never do. See, see, when you ask why, you are eating at least experience. I have faith that God exists. I have faith that God can do something. I'm not coming here accusing you. I come here honestly hungry, seeking to know your will, to know your way. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 17. Jeremiah said, God, you trick me when you call me to preach. Elijah said, God, I wish I were dead. Jonah said, Lord, take my life. See, see, there's nothing wrong with you, with me being honest with God. But hang around for him to respond. Hang around and listen to what he wants to say. See, that's part of the difference between accusing God and, and questioning God. I truly want to know your will. I truly want to hear you. I want to be honest. Because God answers when we come to Him. Habakkuk was so honest. He said, God, your word, your law is powerless. Man, man what a statement for a Jew to make. It, it seemed like the world was out of control. And he said, God, something's wrong here. And then you see there that God answered it in chapter 1, verse 6. He said, I will raise up the Chaldeans against you to judge you. See, God was not idle. God was working. Do you find it unusual that God says in the Bible that judgment begins with the house of God? That means judgment begins with His own people? Man, God's at work. And God is trying to speak into us. God says, I'm going to discipline my people. Now, I don't know how long you've lived. I don't know what you've lived like. If you've lived by faith or you've not lived by faith. But, but I get amazed sometimes when I've listened to people who tell me they are born again children of God. And they say, oh, I'm in spiritual warfare. And, 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 I, and I hear what they say and I hear what they're going through and I hear why things have been taking place. And I want to say, you're not in spiritual warfare. You're under the judgment, the discipline of God. Because everything goes wrong. We think, oh, it's spiritual warfare. No, it's not. God can be speaking. God can be disciplining us. So that we've got to learn to understand there is a difference between warfare and discipline. Though they may look and feel the same. God said, I'm going to give Judah, my people, over to the Chaldeans. You know what that would be? That would be like God giving the United States of America over to a Muslim nation. And Habakkuk says, wait a second, God. That's not what we want. So what have you wanted for the last 70 days? What has God been speaking into you in the last 70 days? Surely he's been saying something. Because if he's not, then somebody's not listening. Somebody's not put themselves in a position to say, say, say God, here I am, speak. See, Habakkuk said there in verse 12 and 13, he said, God, he said, the Chaldeans are worse than we are. I must have misunderstood you. See, it didn't fit Habakkuk's theology. <laughs> It's amazing how many times God doesn't fit my theology. 
How, how many times God throws a wrench at what I've been instructed, what I've taught, and what I think I believe, and also it just doesn't fit any longer. He has a right, you know, because he's always in agreement with his word. In the 1970s, there was a Jewish rabbi named Harold Kushner. He wrote a book, Why the Bad Things Happen to Good People. And he made three proposals. He says, God is good, God is sovereign, in control, and suffering and evil exist. And he says, all three of these things can't be true at the same time. God is all good, God is sovereign, in control, and suffering and evil exist. It's sold like gangbusters. Millions of copies of this book have been sold since the 1970s. His conclusion is, God is not all powerful. His conclusion is absolutely wrong. See, see, the name of the book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Do you not understand that contradicts the Word of God where the Bible says there is none good, there is none righteous because God is all-powerful, God is in control, and bad things do happen to people. Good, indifferent, Christian, non-Christian, God is in control. But see, he couldn't fit God into his theology, so he just threw God out. See, see, see hear me. God says, I'm at work, and you've got to line up with me. I don't have to line up with you. And, and you've got to start looking at your own life and say, is it in agreement with my word, my will, my ways, my kingdom? Or are we just trying to live the best life ever? Or are we just trying to live in my kingdom, not his kingdom? For my purpose and the American dream and not his purpose. See, you start with God and then you move to the issue. And if you start with the issue, you will never know God. You start with God. And, and so in chapter 2, Habakkuk watches. He says, I'm not going to leave until you answer me. I, I'm not going to leave until you explain this to me. And, and, and here it is. He's not asking out of a sense of anger. He's asking out of concern. He's asking out of maybe a sense of hurt. But, but see, there's times in life you're going to be hurt. There's going to be times in life you're going to experience pain. And, and, and you don't even understand. You can go through death. And you can go through brokenness of a marriage and family. You can go through financial collapse. There's pain. But see, pain, it will take you to the edge of faith. And to the edge of endurance. So he says, what's the purpose of all this? See, here's what I've discovered. A lot of people, they want the fairy tale version of life. A lot of people, they don't want to see what God's word actually says. And hear what God is trying to say. But he tells us that, he says, the purpose is, he said, get a billboard and write it so big that if a person is running, they can read it. And then he says, here it is. The just shall live by faith. You say, well, preacher, that's too simple. Yes. How you doing with it? Because, you see, we're experiencing crisis of faith. And God's answer is, the just shall live by faith. Three times in the New Testament that same phrase is given to us. The just shall live by faith. So, so if you are just, if you are justified with God, you're going to live by faith. So that means if you're not living by faith, are you justified? How's your faith? Do you know that you know that you know if you died or not you would be with Christ in, in heaven? Do you know you even saved the Bible way? 
Do you know Christ? See, see, God did not answer directly the question of why. See, so many times the question of why is too complex for us. But, but it's not for God. See, 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 too often we live without a kingdom of God mindset. We're living with a worldly mindset. We live in the greatest nation in the world, the United States of America. And we have our rights. According to who? See, 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 and we so switch these from a kingdom of God to the kingdom of America mindset. Why are we any different than, than other believers in, in, in Korea and China who, who cannot meet together because they will be arrested, they will be imprisoned, they can be punished by death. What's the difference? We say, well, we live in the, yes. What's the mindset do you live with? God changes the question that Habakkuk asks. And he says, what is my response to be to COVID-19? Live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Live by faith, live by God's word. See, we try and find the reason for our pain and we focus on our pain more than we focus on the benefit many times. The benefit that we come to understand through the word of God is my God shall never leave me, he shall never forsake me. My God will comfort me, my God cares for me. So, so we need to learn to release things to God and understand I will live by faith. Andrew Brunson, who was held as a prisoner in in Turkey for two years, falsely accused. He was a pastor in Turkey, an American pastor in Turkey, a missionary. For two years, he, he was held in prison. And he said, God was quiet. God was silent. And it told me, totally amazed me as I listened to this man's testimony. And he said, he said, I finally came to the point of absolute surrender. I thought I had already absolutely surrendered. After 20 years in a Muslim nation serving Christ, I thought I had already absolutely surrendered. But when I got in this prison, and I was the only Christian in this prison, I was fearful, I was scared. He did all these things, and I processed and the pain was already, I didn't think I could make it. And he said, he said finally I understood that God expects my obedience even in here. And he amazed me as I, as I listened to him speak. He said, so I chose, after going through bouts of depression, after considering suicide and all of these things, he said, I chose by an act of my will to praise my God. And he said, I started to dance. Now I know that stirs up people. You need to be stirred up. He said, I chose, and can you imagine you're the only Christian in a Muslim country, in a Muslim jail, and you're dancing for your Savior? He said, it looked awful. He said, I have no rhythm. He said, I have no music. He said, so I'm just hopping. And I'm just, he, said, he said, it was an act of my will to give to God. What's God say? He says, live by faith. Trust me. Release everything you are to him. See, God chastens us. He disciplines us because of sin. And he's in the process conforming us into the image of his son. And bad things happen to what we want to say good people. But the key is faith. I'm going to choose Christ. And I'm going to choose yieldedness to Christ. So why is there suffering? I don't know. But God knows and that's enough. 
And whether we know why they're suffering or we don't know why they're suffering, our response is to be the same thing. I will live by faith. And to do that, I live by the Word of God. I live my life in accordance with what Scripture says. And, and then you get to chapter 3. And now back there, he gives a prayer of praise. And, and this is what's amazing. He starts praising God. Nothing's changed. Everything is just like it was, but Habakkuk has changed. There's something that's shifted on the inside where he now knows there is a peace that only God gives. Yes, the enemy's coming. Yes, there's going to be atrocity. Yes, there's going to be harm. Yes, there's going to be hurt. Yes, there's going to be loss. But he says, I'm going to trust my God. I'm going to praise him. And he prayed for a fresh manifestation of the power of God. He prayed for a full measure of God's mercy. What changed? His perspective, his mind. And see, that's what needs to shift in many of us, is our mind needs to shift. Our mind needs to change. And if you get down to chapter 3, verse 16 to 19, see, there's this new peace, there's this new purpose. And so, so look what it says in verse 16 of, of chapter 3. He said, when I heard my belly tremble, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered my bones, I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh unto the people, he will invade them with his truths. Man, he was about to collapse under this presence of God being real. When was the last time your lips quivered because the presence of God was so strong? When was the last time your knees knocked, your stomach twisted because you were in the presence of God and you didn't know what to do other than say, God, here I am. See, nothing changed. Same circumstance. Chaldean army's coming. Habakkuk, you can change. You get God's word and you understand it's faith. And you, you say, yes, I will live that way. And then look what he said. He found a new peace, a new purpose. He says in verse 17, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foe, and there shall be no herd in the stall. It, it shows the worst possible consequence. He said, there's going to be complete crop failure, total loss of livestock, ruin and famine. Yet he was prepared to trust God. Are you? We've been 70 days. Is it coming back? Could be. It may come back in the winter. We may not have another one in two years. Are you prepared to trust God? And not just endure it, but rejoice in it. Because God says, I'm working. I've got this. And like Job said, yet though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Look at verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Man, faith is found in that little word yet. Even though the worst case scenario may happen, I'm still going to trust you. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon my high places. He said, God, you're, you're going to give me strength and you're going to make me sure-footed and I'm going to face and be able to walk the heights and, and not be bound by the trials or the circumstances. I'm going to climb mountains. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to be triumphant for you. That's what he promises. You know where it starts? Crying out. When was the last time you cried out to God? Maybe now you need to find a still spot to do that. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity. 
Let your word settle in our souls, God, and let us respond to you. Father, speak to those who are lost, save them, to those who are struggling, God, who are believers, God. I pray, God, a fresh manifestation of yourself to them. But, Father, you be glorified this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Share it with some of your friends. Tell them I need to tune in and listen. It's there for them. They can look at this anytime. But we just pray that God continues to move in our hearts and in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you this day. Thank you for grace. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>